What's going on guys? Welcome back to the Monkey Finance YouTube channel. In today's video, I'm going to be reviewing your portfolio. So I got three subscriber portfolios lined up to review. This is going to be a brand new series that I'm starting. This was actually recommended by a subscriber. So shout out to you Conscious for recommending this. And since you recommended it, I'm going to do your portfolio first. The other two portfolios we're going to do in this video are going to be from DEK Outdoors as well as Nate. All three of these portfolios, by the way, are going to be very impressive portfolios. Of course, I'm going to have some commentary to make this entertaining. I will poke fun at some of these portfolios. Again, don't take any offense to that. It's really for the entertainment value of the video. And then the second thing is, guys, please do not make any changes. If I'm reviewing your portfolio, please do not make any changes just based off what I say. Uh, I am here as a guide and as somebody that likes to educate people but by no means am I licensed financial advisor. I'm not a professional in this field and I just share with you what I do it does not mean my strategy is the most superior strategy out there. I think investing can be so personalized that it's really about what works best for you. So don't go and change every single holding that you have in your portfolio just because Mucky says they're not good holdings or I say there's something better out there. All right, without further ado, let's jump into the portfolios. So the way we're going to do this, I'll read the emails that were sent out and who they were sent out by, and then I'll uh, sort of give my take on your guys' portfolio. So the first email is going to be coming from Conscious. Conscious says, sending you two screenshots. I color-coded one so it may make more sense on my thought process. Thank you for that. I just started this IRA this year. I put $6,000 into 2020 and 5000 into 2021. I have M1 Finance Portfolio, which is a dividend-based, and I have a bridge account in IVV with $200 so far. So I'll go ahead and throw up these colored-coded ones as I read the rest of the email. So Conscious says, green are REITs. I wanted some real estate exposure, so I was investing a tiny bit of my percent into REITs. I love the idea of REITs, especially M REITs. Red are hype stocks, where I was a beginner and emotional investors. I think we're going to have some fun with the red ones. Uh, black are index funds that were mucky influenced. Awesome. I'm glad uh, I was able to have some sort of influence in your portfolio. Uh, by the way, guys, that makes me really excited. I, I know I put out a lot of videos on Fidelity and I share my portfolio. Uh, that's not as a way to say, you know, copy me, but it's more to spread the knowledge that I have out to all my followers so that they can then make up their own decisions. And I'm glad that I have some sort of influence in your portfolios, however small it may be. Continuing with the email, FGDFX, I simply got into to lower the expense ratio later and to test it out. SUBZ was also a test and fail so far. It was an ETF that I self-hyped about on the launch. QILD is also a test. I know you said you weren't a fan, but I sold a stock to just try it out. On a side note, I monitor my finances daily. Uh, and Conscious goes on to say, I really love your channel and your long-term investment perspective. 
Most channels I watch are comparing the last bull market decade when looking at ETFs slash funds. All right, thank you so much for that kind email. Let's take a look at your portfolio and, and I'll give you kind of my raw unedited take. So we'll go ahead and get the easy one out of the way. I think the one that you probably know I'm gonna approve of the most are gonna be the mucky influenced ones. So I'm gonna look at these black dots. You got one, two, three, four, five, six black dots. Let's see what you got. So the majority of your portfolio I'm already liking. FSKX about 49%. You got an FSKX, amazing. Nothing, no gripes there, I love that. FISVX, you got 23.29%. I think you're kind of crossing that uh, safety margin mark of 20% that I like to keep this fund in. It could be that you did allocate 20%, but now it's grown to 23. Just something to keep a close eye on. FISVX is a great long-term fund, by the way, but the problem is it's also a very volatile fund. So I want you to keep that under control. And it's that kind of fund that can really start to take over your portfolio if it goes unchecked. Uh, because if this continues to perform, it'll go up to 30%, 35%, 40%. And then before you know it, you've got some increased volatility in your portfolio which is usually never a good thing so that's just something to keep an eye on uh, fzilx the zero international fund you got 5.54 percent my first impressions top three funds i love it uh this is implementing essentially a monkey three strategy with your own asset allocation i love it all right the fourth fund you got here is fnilx that's the zero large cap uh, this one you don't need. Uh, you got already FSKX, so I'm not sure why you got that fund. I know it's a small percentage, 3.76, but it's really a duplicate fund. I would really focus on getting all of the additional money out of this fund and into FSKX. And then the other fund that you have is FSRNX, that's the Fidelity Real Estate Index Fund, to about 3% now you got in that fund. Not bad. I think it's a really good fund if you're trying to get real estate exposure. A lot better than going at it by picking individual real estate holdings, which I know you have in here and we'll kind of touch on later. But good, uh, good fund to hold. And if you wanted to bump out the money from the large cap uh, zero fund and increase FSRNX, you could do that. Or if you're going to supplement the additional real estate holdings with the individual stocks to get it to your asset allocation, you can definitely do that as well. And then the last index fund you have is FZIPX. This is the zero extended market. You got about 1.88% in that. Again, it's not a fund that you really need because you hold small cap value and small cap value will have better performance long term than FZIPX, at least that asset class will. So I would think strongly about either consolidating these um, or going forward, just investing in the top three or and the real estate fund and not really putting any more money into the large cap zero and the extended market zero. Because you just created with the large cap zero and the extended market zero, you just created another total market fund there. So it doesn't really give you any additional diversification than that FSKX does, but you've just kind of got more work. That's another thing. Uh, initial impression is you got a lot going on in this portfolio. Uh, I know some of these are test runs and I completely understand, but look at trimming uh, some of this excess fat in the portfolio that you don't need. Uh, there's a lot of fluff in here that is kind of not doing really anything. All right, let's move on to the REITs uh, because that's uh, another thing I want to give you some advice on. I used to be a REIT investor myself. I, I don't know how long you've been following my channel, but if you remember back in the good old days when I had like 50 or 100 subscribers, I had an all-only REIT portfolio of individual REITs that paid monthly. Um, just be very, very careful. REITs to me are sector-specific. 
And you know me, I like broad diversification. I don't like uh, zooming in on sectors. Once you start doing that, they're cyclical, and so is the performance of them, and the volatility can go crazy. We've seen REITs fall more than the broader markets back in March of 2020, and I know they've been slower to recover like the broad market, so maybe there's some value there. But again, it's too zoomed in for me. So w, WPC, Realty Income, and Realty Income is a great REIT, but again, Picking these individual ones, it's very difficult to do. Um, I would really encourage you to focus more on FSRNX if you want the REITs and less on these individual holdings. Even though these individual holdings, they don't make up a lot, but WPC and Realty Income are bigger than your index fund position, so I would look to switch that. All right, let's get into the fun stuff, the red ones, the hype plays. Let's see what your biggest hype play is. It looks like it's Nokia making up about 0.9% of your portfolio. So here's one thing I like that you did. Uh, I don't recommend, by the way, these hype stocks or these YouTube meme stocks or whatever you want to call them. I don't recommend them because they usually end in failure. But something that Conscious did here that's really good is kept this a very small percentages. So you can see in Nokia, Conscious invested 137 bucks. That's the cost basis. In HBAN, the cost basis is 75 bucks. So these are really low cost bases, and I can see that you're testing it out. But look at the performance. Nokia is down negative 23%. Uh, UAVS is down 63.61%. GTE is down 31%. ACST is down negative 52%. These look like some kind of penny stocks. Think about this from a, a building wealth perspective. It's great, first of all, that you got this great learning lesson here uh, and you can see it for yourself. Your index funds, I think they're all in the green if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, all your index funds are in the green and then all your hype stuff is in the red. So that's what usually happens. I mean, the reason it's called hype stuff is by the time it comes to you, it's already been hyped up and all the growth has happened. So uh, hype really means down to me. It doesn't mean up, but uh, you know, a lot of people jump on it. So good lesson learned. Hopefully you learned your lesson from them. Uh, I would honestly just keep these in there for a um, momentous sake. Uh, that way you can kind of be reminded of uh, the next hype play that you hear that you want to get in. This way you can open up your portfolio, look at the performance of your old hype plays and kind of be reminded why you don't want to go back into hype plays. But hey, not a bad portfolio. I'm really impressed. I would just kind of consider, you know, uh, getting it to a smaller amount of holdings just because it's pretty busy. But if you can handle it, by all means, knock yourself out. Uh, really impressive. 11,684 is the balance. So job well done. A great portfolio. All right, we're going to move on to our second portfolio, which is going to be from DEK Outdoors. Uh, DEK's email and story is actually quite interesting. So DEK emailed me, said, screenshots of me and my wife's Roth IRAs. I originally invested $9,500 and never added a single penny 19 years of growth started with 340 shares of QQQ. This to me is amazing. So I don't know which portfolio is yours, DEK, and which one's your wife's. I'll just kind of start with the smaller one, the 53,001, and then I'll do the 57,000 second. Um, so the 53,001, so you told me you started off with 340 shares of QQQ. The average cost basis of, of those shares was 27 bucks. Guys, 20 seven bucks a share is what DEK Outdoors paid for QQQ 19 years ago. And today QQQ closed at, I believe, $334. So that is crazy perspective and how important the long term is. 
19 years of growth, only 9,500 bucks put in, 340 shares of QQQ bought, and this is what it yields. Very impressive. Now, as far as your portfolio, I do see a couple of concerning things. One is the majority of your portfolio is sitting in short-term cash, about 30% of it. Uh, I don't know if you're trying to do a market timing thing here, if you think the market's overvalued, uh, but you being a seasoned investor, being in the investing game for 20 years i'm sure you've gone through the ups and downs i mean you invested in 2002 that's the bottom of the market the bottom of the of the tech bubble you then rode some momentum up to 2008 and then your portfolio got cut in half with the financial recession and then you went on to then be invested in the greatest bull run um, so if you didn't touch a thing through all that i wouldn't keep too much cash you're a long-term holder get that money invested the faster it works for you the better of course if there is a crash tomorrow, you're sitting pretty with 30% in cash, you can pounce. But on the flip side, you do have some opportunity costs. What if the market continues to go up? All this cash that's sitting is really not doing anything for you. So something to consider there. Looks like the majority of your portfolio is in FZROX, the total stock market. Completely agree with that. You're still holding on to 30 shares of QQQ. By the way, just to kind of get a better idea. So you had 340 shares originally. If we multiply 340 shares by the share price of today's close date, your balance in QQQ would be $113,000. So by you selling and diversifying away, I think that was the smart move, even though if you would have just held QQQ, your balance in your portfolio would be a lot higher. But 1,136% is the gain on QQQ. That's just unheard of. That's uh, crazy, crazy growth. So great job with QQQ there. Uh, you also got SCHD, that's the Schwab uh, Dividend Fund. That's more of a large cap value fund. That's fine. I see kind of what you're going for. You're going for large cap blend, large cap growth, large cap value. Uh, so you want to have a little bit of, of each. And then you got SPLG, that's a S&P 500 ETF. So one thing, DEK, I don't think you really need FNILX and SPLG. Those are both essentially S&P 500 funds, and you already got FZROX, which holds about 80% in the S&P 500. So I would maybe consider getting rid of those two and putting them in, in these other three asset classes that you have because it is kind of repetitive. Other than that, job well done. Let's take a look at the second portfolio. Now, this one is actually pretty much the same. The only difference with this one is you don't have uh, FNILX, which is the large cap zero fund. Same exact portfolio. I'm going to tell you the same exact things here. Uh, you got too much cash and uh, you don't need SPLG in my opinion, but that's just my opinion. Other than that, I mean, job well done. This one, QQQ is up another thousand percent. Uh, just curious, because in the email, you tell me that you had 340 shares. So my math as I'm doing this DK, um, basically tells me that if you had 340 shares, did you have that split between the two accounts or did each account have 340 shares that's something i'm curious about because if each account had 340 shares you would be sitting at about a, if you stayed in qqq for the 19 years you'd be sitting at about like i said 113,000 so i don't know if i'm just doing quick math on these two accounts and they they add up to about 110,000 um so maybe if you want to clarify that in the comments was it each account had 340 i know you've sold some shares to them by these other positions but i'm just curious if if you want to answer that but 
other than that, DK, you've done a wonderful job. Uh, not a lot of stuff that I can pick on here. I think you've uh, basically lived through every long-term investor's dream. Uh, your investments have paid off. And, and the fact that you only put in 9500 bucks and you got 110000 on the back end of it, uh, job well done to you. And then last but not least, let's take a look at Nate's email. Uh, Nate says, hi, Mucky. Feel free to review my taxable brokerage account for your next video series keep up the great videos. Now, Nate, uh, I don't have a lot of info on you as far as your age or anything like that. So I'm not going to make a lot of recommendations, but I do see some things that I think you could work on here. The first thing I want to do, though, is congratulate you on an amazing job. Nate, you have $125,000 invested in your taxable account. I mean, we need to all pause and just think about that. Nate has $125,000 invested. I don't care what it's invested in, Nate. Any amount that's over 100000 invested is really impressive. Uh, like I said, I don't know your age, uh, but this is a job well done. So let's see where the majority of this money is. And I can already see where we're kind of going to be at odds. So the first thing is, Nate, you, like DEK, uh, are holding the majority of your money, 29% in short-term cash. I'm suspecting you guys are trying to time the market crash. You're kind of hesitant to deploy this cash because you might be worried that the stock market is crashing. So, I mean, again, my experience with that has been if I have lump sums amount of money, I put them to work right away versus trying to time because, again, there's the opportunity cost on the back end. If your timing's wrong, then you're kind of sitting on the sidelines with a lump of cash and uh, you're going to be regretting it. But other than that, let's see what else you got. So you got a lot of active management. Actually, the majority of your portfolio is active management. So you got FBGRX. This is the Fidelity Blue Chip Growth Fund, a fund that I'm very familiar with and I've reviewed on my channel. Again, this is a large cap growth fund. So you guys know how I feel about large cap growth. I'm not a huge fan of large cap growth. And uh, it looks like you've been in it for a while now because your average share cost is 99 bucks. And this fund's currently trading in and around about 170. So yeah, I mean, this fund has had great performance, but I do not expect that to continue going forward. It is one of those funds that I highlighted that have outperformed the S&P 500 by quite a bit in the past decade. But just because it did it in the past does not mean it will continue to do it in the future. And more often than not, funds like that that outperform usually do not uh, continue their performance into the future. Also, a little bit of a higher expense ratio there of 79 basis points kind of hurts me a little bit. But hey, uh, that's just uh, that's just my take on it. Uh, the majority of your money, though, is not in FBGRX. I was confused. The majority of your money is in the Fidelity Puritan Fund. Now, the Fidelity Puritan Fund is essentially like a fixed asset class type fund where it keeps X amount in stocks and X amount in bonds. So think of it kind of like a target date fund, except instead of looking for a year and kind of moving, it's more of a uh, asset allocation that the fund manager controls. So I think as of right now, it sits about 70% in uh, stocks and 30% in bonds. So a couple of things there. One, 
amazing performance out of that fund as well. You're up over $10,000. Um, one thing to consider is the tax implications because you mentioned this isn't a brokerage account. You're going to be really seeing some tax inefficiencies out of these two funds because one, this fund holds bonds, so it will be paying out distributions. And when it pays out distributions for bonds, those are not going to be qualified. Those are going to be at the ordinary income. I know the Puritan fund last year paid out like twice in capital distributions. Again, think of those as forced sales, especially if you're not using that money, if you're reinvesting it, it's really a big tax drag on your portfolio. And then your other biggest holding here is the American New World Class NWFFX. Now that one I'm not too familiar with. I'm not sure what kind of fund that is, but if these are the America funds that I'm thinking of, these smell like active management funds with usually expense ratios above 1%. Again, I could be wrong, but that's what I'm thinking about. I believe it's another uh, large cap growth type fund. So you're heavy in large cap growth, which is really starting to go out of favor. Uh, not saying you should sell anything, of course, in a taxable account. You really got to consider how to get the best tax advantages when you do sell. So I would recommend maybe working with a tax professional on that. But I do see a light at the end of the tunnel for you, Nate. You got FXAIX, FTIHX, FLCOX, and FISVX. So I'm sure I've had some influence hopefully I've had in, in you picking these specific funds and great job. It looks like you're just kind of getting your feet wet with index investing. Um, I'm glad that you're kind of doing it at a cautious approach. It looks like you were always an active management guy. So, uh, I always encourage going into things slowly, testing it out for yourself. But you can already see here the benefit of, for example, being in large value. Uh, you're up 5.8%. Uh, so great job, up 5.8% in the S&P. Um, small cap value and the international is not doing bad for you as well. Uh, just looking at the cost basis on those, it looks like you got into them fairly recently. I would probably say within the last couple of months. Uh, so I know you're still new to them, but these are the sort of funds I would look to have in your taxable, they're going to be a lot more efficient and pay a lot less capital distributions than these actively managed funds. But job well done, 125000 If your brokerage account looks like this, I'm curious to see your 401ks and your IRAs. I mean, you if you're not a millionaire yet, you're well, well on your way to getting there, Nate. So uh, job well done. That's all I have for you guys. Thank you so much for submitting all of your portfolios. For all of you guys that reached out to me, I got so many emails. Thank you for that. Uh, until next time, remember, move obstacles, keep investing. <laughs> <laughs>